0: 1 Kings 22, and I want to begin reading at verse number 29. 1 Kings chapter 22, starting at verse number 29. So the king Israel, king of Israel, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle. But put thou on thy robes, and the king of Israel disguised, disguised himself, and went into the battle. But the king of Syria commanded his thirty and two captains that they had, had rule over his chariots, saying, Fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariot saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, Surely... It is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him, and Jehoshaphat cried out. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture, and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore, he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians, and died at even. And the blood ran out of the wound and into the midst of the chariot, and there went a proclamation throughout the host about the, the going down of the sun, saying, Every man to his city, and every man to his own country." So the king died, and was brought to Samaria, and they buried the king in Samaria. And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood. And they washed his armor according unto the word of the Lord, which he spake. You may be seated. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, as we come before you tonight, Father, we're thankful for this Wednesday night service. Father, we're thankful, Lord, for these ones that come so faithful. We're thankful, Lord, for their faithfulness and their desire and dedication, Lord, in serving and worshiping and honoring You. And God, we're thankful for the singing. We're thankful for the wonderful testimonies and we're thankful for the fellowship that we've had one with another. We're thankful for Your love, Your mercy, Your grace, Your long-suffering, Your patience. My goodness, the list goes on and God, we're just so thankful for You. And God, we're thankful for Your Spirit that we felt. We're thankful for Your Holy Word, Lord, that you've allowed us to open up and read from tonight. And Father, we pray tonight, Lord, that you'd use us. God, that you'd help us. Father, that you'd preach through us. God, the message, Lord, that you intend to be preached tonight. God, that it'd land upon the ears that need to hear. And Father, I pray, God, that you'd be lifted up. Lord, that you'd be honored and praised and glorified. And if there's one here that has a need, God, that you'd meet them right where they're at tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you and praise you and give you glory and honor. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Now we read those 10 or 11 verses, however many verses we read there to get to three words. And it's simply this. I want you to notice the latter part, the last three words of verse number 34. It says this. It says, I am wounded. And I want you to think about that for me, or with me just for a little bit tonight. I thought about you know that word wounded. It simply means to be hurt. It simply means to be injured. It means to be uh, hindered. It means to be, uh, I, I guess, handicapped in a way, if you will. But but when you think about that word, and no doubt we've all been hurt to some uh, some extent. I thought about I thought about those uh, needles that Dora spoke of. You absolutely do not show a handful of needles. That that's a no no. That. That hurts. I mean, just looking at them things hurts, and uh, I, I about cut my foot off here a few months ago with the chainsaw, and I've done just fine. But you show me a needle, and man, that, I don't like it. But I thought, but I thought, no doubt, we've all been injured and we've all been hurt a time or two. But but I want you to think about this. You know, I want to I want to go back just a moment and and, and try to catch us up to date where we're at here tonight. Uh, Syria had moved in and they had claimed stakes on a, a piece of ground that that belonged to Israel. The Bible says it was in Ram, it was Ramoth in Gilead it was a place there that that belonged to Israel and and Ahab the king he said we've been still about this matter why don't we go down and why don't we get the, the, the land, the property that belongs to us. Why don't we go down and get it again. Or, or, or bring it back to us. But I want you to know that uh, you know, Ahab was the king over Israel at this time. And, and, and that Jewish nation was divided. Uh, the northern part was, was governed. And, and they had a king as well. Uh, the king of Judah was Jehoshaphat at this time. And, and we know that Ahab, he, he wasn't uh, a godly man. He was an ungodly man. He was, he was married to a harlot. And he'd done, he done some vile things. He'd done some wrong things. Now we know that Jehoshaphat, he was a godly man. And he was a godly king. And he sought the Lord in, in, in matters. Uh, but you think about this. Uh, and, and you, Ahab, he sought uh, for his prophets. And I'll, and I'll get to this in just a moment, Lord willing. But, but he sought his prophets. And, and the word of the Lord was against him. To go down and take that city. Now let me just say this. He, they said you can go down and take the city. But there was one man. And, and reclaimed that city back. But there was one man that stood up and said. You won't return. He was speaking to Ahab and said you won't return. So it, it talked about Ahab disguising himself. He thought he was going to pull the wool over their eyes. He thought he was going to get away with one. But we know that God is, uh, God knows all and God understands all and sees all. But he, it didn't happen the way Ahab thought it was going to happen in other words. They went down. They got the city. But Ahab did not return back uh, home if you will. So yet he went down. And while he was standing in his chariot, disguised, had himself disguised, there was a man that drew his bow, and the Bible says, at a venture. He drew his bow at a venture. In other words, he had no direction. He had no line of sight. He just drew it back and flung it loose, and it happened to hit right between the joints of the armor that Ahab had on and Ahab cried out from that chariot i am wounded and i wonder tonight how many of us here under the sound of my voice has been wounded a time or two whether it's physical no doubt we've all had bumps and scrapes and scratches and scars we can talk for weeks and months to come about uh, about the scars that we've got on on this flesh we've been wounded but you know I thought that the the worst wound that we could possibly have is simply this a spiritual wound. You know I no doubt that that we've all been spiritually hurt, we've all been spiritually wounded, but you know what? I'm convinced tonight that just as 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 King Ahab stood there in the in the chariot and he stood I believe he was shot early on in the battle and the Bible says that he died at even. He stood there for a long time and he died but but you know Just as we get hurt spiritually, we don't have to stand around and it does not have to be a a wound unto death, if you will. We can find help and we can get help. But you know, uh, one of the worst kinds of hurt that you can ever have is being church hurt. Being hurt by someone that you have confidence in. You know when we come to church and and we want to we want to praise the Lord and we want to be faithful to the house of God and and maybe somebody gets in the flesh and they say or do something that we that we should not say and all of a sudden we're hurt and it's happened countless times it's happened whether it was intentional or not it's happened and how that a lot of people. Get out of church because of that, and i just I want to move on just, just for a moment. There's three things before we lead up into the main part of the message. There's three things I want you to notice. It's simply this: uh, the enemy is always shooting. You can take that to the bank tonight. Let me just say this: if if you're a born again, bloodbought Christian tonight, and you uh, lay claim to that and you stand and say that you're, you're a Christian, you know what you're doing? You're putting a big bullseye on yourself. And, but, but let me just say this. You go right ahead. You go right ahead and stand up and proclaim Jesus tonight because He's the only name that we can stand up in and know that we can continue on and, but but you know I thought about uh, just, just as soon as, as we become a Christian, and just as soon you know it, it don't take long. It, it seemed like when I got saved, I remember I remember it so well in my mind. It seemed like when I got saved, it I mean it just seemed like for several weeks that I just kind of floated around. I mean it was just I, it was just a, a glorious feeling. But you know it didn't take long for the enemy to come in and start firing those darts. And firing those arrows. And it wasn't long maybe he hit a time or two. And he might say, well, you never got saved. Yeah. You, you didn't get what you thought you got. You're not this. You're not that. You're fooling yourself. You're fooling everybody else. And it don't take long before we get struck by an arrow. But you know what? We don't have to, we don't have to go down in the midst of the battle. I believe there's some places where we can find help. But, but you know, the enemy is all is always shooting and and if, if not if let, let me just say this i 've shared this before and i 'll share it again I remember several years ago we, we it's probably been five or six seven seven years ago we went up to Hughes Creek community church one night and and the pastor up there had been pastor up there now for probably close to fifty five years in that same church and he was standing up front in the the choir loft and I walked before church started I walked up there to him and I shook his hand and gave him a hug and I said how you doing brother Gary and he said well I'm still fighting the devil been pastor for 50 50 some years at this church for for that long and he said I'm still fighting and that stuck in my mind to this day that stuck in my mind because every day it's a battle Every day, it, it's, a, it's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle. And you know what we ought to do every day? Is get up, put our britches on, and face the world. And, and sometimes we got to face Satan. Just as that, that song goes, Once again, I face Satan this morning. And I battled him all the day long. But you know what? There's never a time to quit. There's never a time to give up. There's never a time to lay down. It's a constant battle and it's a constant struggle. And I think we need to fight the good fight of faith. Stay faithful. My goodness, you think. That encouraged me. Gary, Gary may not even know anything about it, but those few words he said to me that day, it's had a lasting effect in my mind ever since I've heard it. I'm still fighting the devil. Yeah, so every day I get up, I, I have a, 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 I'm on a mission. I'm fighting the devil. Whatever it takes, we need to fight the devil. But you know, no doubt the enemy is always shooting. And if, and if we're, let me just say this, if he's not giving you problems, if the devil's not giving you fits, we may want to take a look around where we're standing. We may want to take a look around and and check our relationship out with the Lord and see where we're at in this thing. If if He's not fighting you, if you're not fighting Him. Now notice this. Also, I believe this. I believe just just because you think that you've got every area covered doesn't mean that you do. Now you think about that. As I understand that coat of armor that Ahab put on. It talked about there in one place. it, It talked about... The, I believe it's in verse 34. It said, uh, I'm going to read that again. It said, And a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Now, what I understand that to be is it's like a seam. When he put that harness on, it had a place where there might have been a, been a seam where he kind of had to buckle it together, if you will. And when, when the arrow came through the air, it just so happened to hit right in that seam where there was no protection. So, just because we think that we've got an area that's covered, doesn't mean we're always covered. There's, there may be exposure, if you will. There may be areas in our life where we've got, uh, we're, we're kind of, I guess, vulnerable, if you will. To getting hit, if you will. We've got to be careful. Be careful. There's times, no doubt, that uh, we're liable to get hit. But now you think about this. The third thing I want you to think about is—is is, is this? Well, you think about this. I thought about King Ahab and however long he had been king there, and he'd even disguised himself. They didn't even recognize him as king. But that error just kind of come out of nowhere and hit him. You know what? No matter how long we're in this thing, no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how faithful you are, no matter how old or how young you are, it makes no difference. We're still vulnerable at times. And we're still prone to getting hit at times. We've just got to keep our guard up and be careful. But the third thing I want you to notice is simply this. You think about the attacks. Sometimes it doesn't happen like that and take us down just like that. Sometimes it's maybe a a slow, drawn-out process. And you think about King Ahab. I understand that. I believe early on in the battle, I believe Ahab got struck by that arrow, and I believe the same the, the same harness, the maybe the the, the same armor that had that he, he put on to protect him, might have been the same armor that was now propping him up and standing him up. He got hit early on in the battle, and the Bible says that there, in verse number thirty-five, it says, "And he died at even." A slow, drawn-out process. You think about that. And maybe there might be an area in your life, there may be a, a certain places in our life where, where Satan is, is slowly picking at us. Maybe we've got an, open, an opening there, maybe a crack there, and he's getting in and, and he's slowly chiseling. He's slowly coming in, and, and every now and then, maybe he, he'll shoot that dart in. And he finds that place of opening, and, and you know what? It may not take us out all at one time. But if we don't do something about that, then eventually it's going to cause great harm and, and great pain in our lives. But you know, um, I, want you to th- I want you to notice this. There's three things I want you to notice and I'll, I'll be done. Three things I want, maybe more than I think, or maybe four. I want you to notice about this. I, did you ever think of, of the reason why Ahab had been struck by the error. Why did he get wounded? Now, he he had it in his mind. He had it all figured out in his mind. Yeah. He thought, I'm, well, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to disguise myself. They'll have no idea who I am. That There won't be nobody near me. But that that error just random come and, come and got a hold of him. But you think about this. He, I, I believe this. I, I believe that the reason why Ahab... Got wounded and Ahab got struck by the area is simply this. Because he did not listen to the leadership in his life. The, the ones now, Ahab was king. He was way up here in his own eyes. And, and, and the prophets of God, he, he did not have no respect unto them. Now let me just say this. You, you, think about, you think about going back just a few chapters. You remember Elijah. And, and how that Elijah, you remember, he went up on on the Mount Carmel there, and I believe there were four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, and and how how he struck those down. But even going back before that, remember there was a great famine in that land, a period of three years, I believe the Bible says, and and, and how that uh, Elijah warned him of it, and and you remember Ahab met him there, and Ahab said, made this statement. He said, "Art thou the one? Art thou he that troubleth Israel?" So in other words. The, the king of Israel was blaming the man of God for all the problems that was taking place in the nation. Now you think about that. Here he was blaming the man of God for his problems. Now you think about that. My goodness. Uh, I thought about this. Ahab did not listen to the authority and the leadership that was in his life. Now, Jehoshaphat come down... And they worked all this up, and Jehoshaphat was right there with him. He said, I'm with you all the way. But you know, Jehoshaphat, he said, what does the men of God have to say? Let's hear what the prophets have to say. So Ahab goes back, and he brings out 400 prophets. You'll read that in this very chapter. If you go back and read chapter number 22... In First Kings, you'll find what I'm telling you. He, he brought out 400 prophets. Now let me just say this. If I was one of those 400 prophets, I'd be scared for my life. Because if you go back just a few chapters, Elijah went up on Mount Carmel there and slew 450. I remember he took them down by the brook, I believe, and slew 450 of the prophets of Baal there that day. If I was one of those 400 prophets, I'd be a little bit nervous. Coming out and trying to prophesy for Ahab. So let me just say this. Ahab had these prophets that said what he wanted to hear. And I believe that Jehoshaphat kind of looked through that and said, Wait a minute. He said, Something's not right here. And he kind of spoke up and said, Is there one man of God here that we can listen to and get a word from God? Now listen to this. Ahab spoke up and he said, Well, there is one man. And he said, his name's Micaiah. You go back and read 1 Kings chapter number 22. He said, his name's Micaiah. But you know what he said about him? He said, but I hate that man. That's what your Bible says. He said, but I hate that man. In other words, he did not want to hear what the true living word of God said. He, did, he didn't want anything to do with what God was telling him uh, to do. And, and now so Micaiah prophesied and said, You go down and, and take the city. He said, You can take the city. That, take that rameth in Gilead, go down and get it. But he said, just as sure as I'm speaking, he said, You'll not return. And Ahab tried to cover himself up and disguise himself and went down there, and it happened just exactly the way Micaiah said it was going to happen. He did not listen. Ahab did not listen to leadership and to the to authority that was in that was in his life. You know, I thought about this. I thought about why would he hate the man that loved him enough to tell him the truth? You think about that. Loved him enough to tell him the truth. And you know, I thought about at times if we're not careful uh, as a, as a Christian, even when the preacher preaches and my house, some Sometimes those messages come out, and we just need to curl our toes back in. And, and how he's just, he, he just stomping all over us. And he's, uh, I mean, he's laying her right out there on the line. And how we're getting stomped all over, and we're getting preached to. And it see he might be pointing over here, but you're sitting over here, and it looks like his finger's right at the end of your nose when he's preaching. We might get huffed up and puffed up and walk out of here and say, Well, I'm not going to listen to that preacher no more. You've got to be careful. Listen, listen to the authority in our lives, and li- listen to what the preacher has to say. I'm convinced that that the man of God gets the message and, and delivers it. And, and, and let me say this: before I can preach a message, you know what's got to happen? It's got to have an effect on my life. Before it, ha- before I can feel like it's got to have any effect on anybody else, it's first got to have an effect right here. I've got to preach it to myself, and sometimes. I, I, I stomp all over my own toes and, and beat up my own self over it. But I think we ought to listen and heed uh, to the leadership and the authority that, that's in our life. And Think think about this. I, you know, everybody, everybody wants to know the truth and everybody wants to hear the truth until it comes right down to hearing the spiritual truth. Is that not true? My goodness, you know, it, it, it's hard to... it's hard to take. It's hard to swallow sometimes when, when, when it's right there in front of you and you're confronted with it and you know that you're wrong. It's hard to admit to sometimes. I want you to notice this. The next thing I want you to notice is simply this. The confession that Ahab gave. In verse number 34, the last three words he said is simply this. He said, I am wounded. He recognized the fact that he had been hit. Recognized the fact that he had been struck by the arrow. But let me just say this. It takes more than recognition. Knowing that you're hurt. If I know that I've got a problem. If I know that that, that there's something wrong in in my life. Just recognizing that is not enough. Just knowing the fact that there's something wrong in my life. That's not enough. But what has to happen is, first of all, if there's sin in my life, and I recognize the sin in my life, you know what's got to happen? I've got to have repentance. Just knowing and recognizing that there's sin, that that's not enough. But it takes repentance. You know what we've got to do? Is repent. And turn and walk away from it. And get farther as far as we can away uh, from the sin. But you think about this. Just because, just because we recognize that something's wrong doesn't mean... Doesn't mean that it's that's what makes it right, but we've got to have uh, repentance. You know, you think about about that chariot driver. You, know, Ahab was the king. He had someone that drove him around. He he had a chauffeur, if you will, that kind of escorted him all over the place there and and showed him around. And the first thing he done that Ahab done when he when he was struck by the arrow, he turned. To the, to the chariot driver and said, turn thy hand and get me away from the host. You know, you know what he, he should have done? Now going back, going back, no doubt Ahab could recall what took place there on Mount Carmel. Ahab could go back and see what Elijah had done on Mount Carmel. What he should have done, he says, get me to the man of God. Get me to the preacher let's let's go and get this thing taken care of and maybe had he done that maybe it would have turned out a little bit different but you know what he refused and sometimes the preacher is the last to know about somebody even being hurt you think about what Ahab done there how he turned and, and refused to go back to the preacher and, and that, that chariot driver couldn't have, couldn't have done him no good couldn't do him any, any good but you know what I would have done you remember Elijah he prayed down fire did he not 450 prophets of Baal standing around and, and one man prayed down fire and, and how I believe I believe if you go back and read that prayer in, in uh, I believe that's in chapter 18 or 17 or 18 just a few chapters backwards you'll find where Elijah prayed and he prayed down fire I believe in 63 words he prayed down fire from heaven that's the man I want to get a hold of that's the man I want praying on my behalf get a hold of heaven go get a hold of God rain and break and down the fire. But you think about this. The third thing I want you to see is simply this. Ahab tried to cover up his wound. Did he not? Just, just by him standing there. Uh, I, I believe, well, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, I believe that Ahab had been struck kind of early on in the battle. And how that he stood there in that chariot for... Quite some time. The Bible says that he died at even time. So I believe he stood there. As if nothing had happened. For quite some time. Although he had been struck. Although he had been hit and wounded. Now you think about this. Is there some place. Some area in our life where. Maybe it's our past. Maybe we've been wounded in the past. and, and, And we keep going back to that. We keep going back to that. Well she said this they done that. Remember when this happened. And we can't get beyond what took place in our, in our past. And you know what's happening? We're coming in here. We're putting, on a, we're putting on a front. Although those things are still in our mind, we can still go back and find them. You know what we ought to do is get rid of the past. And and let's not fake it. Let's not come in here and put on a fake smile. Put on a show. But you know what we ought to do? We ought to come in here and come clean with the Lord. Come clean with each other. And let's get right with the Lord and get right with each other. He was trying to hide it. He was trying to cover it up and and, and cover up the wound. And you know sometimes maybe we've we've been wounded. We've been hurt. And we're trying our best to cover it up. You know what we ought to do? Is just confess it, bring it right here on this altar, and lay it down, and get rid of it, and know that the Lord is, is going to take care of it. Now I want you to think about this. If you, well, you think about. Let me go back just a moment. You think about that wound. How many of us ever had a had a briar in your hand, your finger, whatever, or a splinter? What happens if you leave that thing in there? gets you infected, don't it? It'll make... You, you, you think about that little briar, I mean, you, you can not hardly even see it. And that thing's about that far underneath your skin and your finger will swell up that big around. It hurts. you got to get rid of those things and not, and not, not allow that that hurt to fester and, and cause infection in our lives because if we're not careful, then it affects other areas of our life. And, and you think about this, when... When one church member hurts, the whole church ought to hurt with that, with that one member. and how, the, how it affects it ought to have an effect on every one of us. The last thing I want you to know, this is simply this, and I'll be done in just a moment, the consequences for Ahab's actions. you think about that, the consequences for, for his actions. First of all, I thought about the, the chariot driver. Ahab was the one that was struck, the king was struck by the, by the arrow. And he had the, the chariot driver there with him. Well, King Ahab said, turn thine hand and let's get away from the host. Well, when, because Ahab got hurt, then that drew another soldier from the army if you will, that wasn't wounded. So you think about that. If we get wounded and we decide to leave the battle, if we're not careful, there's liable to be others that go with us. If me as a a daddy, as as a father, as a husband, and, and the head of the household at 119 Grant Drive, if something happens, somebody says something tonight and I get I get flustered and get offended and get upset and I I, mean, I I just throw in the towel and walk away from it and leave. You know what's going to happen? Sarah's probably going to go. Andrew's probably going to go. Annabeth's probably going to go. You think about that. We've got to be careful. I am wounded. Not to allow those things to to hinder us or get us down. It It's if it hasn't happened, it's probably gonna happen. But you know what? We don't have to harbor those that hurt. We don't have to hold on to that hurt and, and, and hold on to that pain. And, and you think about I, I thought about that about that needle again. And that little old thorn or that little old briar. You know, sometimes I gotta face my fear. Gotta face my fear and have that little thing plucked out you know sometimes we got to go back if we've been hurt we've been we've been hit we've been wounded sometimes we might have to go back and face our fear and say hey this is what happened you think about that you know i I thought simply this in second kings chapter number 10 well you'll find that you you'll find in in first kings 22 here you'll find and i think it was in in the scripture text that we read tonight, where they washed out the chariot, remember the blood dripped down, and it was in the chariot. And how how they took it to the pool there, that pool of water, and how they washed out that chariot. And the Bible says that the dogs licked the blood. You know what? That was that's been a curse all through all through the Bible. Dogs licked up the blood, and how Ahab was cursed. And you know, you'll read also over. Well, if you think about you think about that, that pool, that pool of water. Where was that pool of water at? Samaria. You remember in John chapter 4? The Samaritan woman that went to the well and Jesus met her there that day. Now you think about this. The, the Bible says that, that they washed the blood out of the chariot and, and they washed the blood off of the, the armor. According to the word of the of the Lord, and how they washed it out into that pool of water, and you know what happened to that pool of water? It became contaminated. Now you think about this, and what that what that does that that hinders somebody else from coming and getting fresh water. Amen. Now if if I get offended and I throw up my hands and walk out of here, and I start bad mouthing the church and bad mouthing the preacher, you know what that's doing? That's having a negative effect out into the community and, and it's putting a black eye on the church and, and, and perhaps it's contaminating the water if you will and it may be hindering somebody that needs help Amen. we've got to be careful we've got to be careful and then I thought about this you know in 2nd Kings chapter number 10 you'll read where Ahab is, is kind of dumbfounded me when I read this Ahab had 70 sons Seventy sons. And they got to thinking back, you know, to Ahab and what he now Ahab wasn't a good king. Ahab was was an evil king, and he did not follow the ways of God. Would not follow the man of God and the word of God. But Ahab had those 70 kings or 70 sons and and, and they got to thinking back, you know. Well, Ahab did this. He didn't listen to the word of God. He wouldn't obey the word of God, and and he, he done this. He went on his own and, and tried to do, the, tried to tried to cover it up. And 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 we look at the, the consequences for what uh, what happened to to the king, and he hindered people from getting help, and he, he drew people away from the battle, and all these things we see uh, that what happened to to King Ahab, and. So they're, they're thinking now, well since we can't get to King... And Jezebel has already died at this time too. Since we can't get to the king and get to Jezebel, you know what we'll do? Now we'll take those 70 sons and we'll cut their heads off. And we'll line them at the gates. And that's exactly what they've done. They took those 70 sons. You think about that. Still having effect even after his own death. Because he, he, he refused... Word of God. He got hurt and got wounded and got out. And and it's having a lasting effect. My goodness, you think. I'd hate to think that I'd get out of church tonight and it have an effect on my wife. It have an effect on my children. It have an effect on, on somebody else here at the house of God. I'd hate to think what might happen. And you think about that. How they took those 70 sons. They cut every one of their heads off. They put 35 heads at this gate. 35 heads, that's what your Bible says. In 2 Kings chapter number 10, you can read it and find it out. I don't know about you, but I thought, how, how do you envision leaving this world? How do you want to leave this world? How do you want to die? I don't know about you, but I want to die right. I don't want to die left. I want to die right. I want to die knowing that I'm right with the Lord. But you know what? We cannot go out here and live like the world. Live like hell, if you will. And die right. That's not going to happen. We've got to live a holy and a righteous life. I like what God's Word tells us. It says, God said that, He said, Be ye holy as I Am holy, And there's still nothing wrong with living a holy life in 2021. It's contrary to everything that we know. Contrary to everything that we see out here in the world. But we still ought to strive every day to live a holy and a righteous life. I don't know about you, but I want to leave right. I want to be sure that I'm right with the Lord when I leave this place. I want to come, come clean with myself. If I'm holding on to something in the past and I, I can't come and worship and, and honor and serve the Lord the way that I, ought, that I know I should, if I'm holding on to something, we ought to let go of it tonight so that God can give us the help that we need. Come clean with yourself. Come clean with God. Come clean with your parents. Come clean with your, with your children, your spouse, your wife, your husband. Whatever the case may be, would you stand with me tonight, please?